Hi friends, it's your host, Bryn. Welcome to Bryn Moves, the podcast. I'm a certified yoga instructor, professional dancer, and wellness entrepreneur. I'm on a serious but super fun mission to inspire and empower lives. We're here to chat about wellness and fitness, as well as some tools for shifting your mindset so you can live your best. I hope you feel motivated to dive into your own unique and powerful wellness journey after listening in. So whether you're in your car, at home in bed, food prepping, or putting on your makeup, turn up the volume and tune in for some serious motivation and inspiration. You're tuned in to Bryn Moves, the podcast. Hi, my friends. Welcome back to Bryn Moves, the podcast. Thank you so much for all of your love lately, all the social posts, um, sharing my show with your friends and your family. It means so much to me, and I'm glad that I can continue to educate and to inspire and empower all of you to live better and to step into your own health and wellness journeys. Um, I have a special topic that I want to share with you guys today, so you'll probably want to get out a notebook and take some notes. We're going into health coach Bryn, um, getting a little bit um, deep here today. So what I want to talk about with you guys today is emotional eating. And this topic comes up a lot when I'm working with different clients. Um, it comes up a lot when I'm talking to friends and family. It comes up a lot when I'm coaching the 30 day clean eating program I guide. Um, a lot of times we don't realize that we are emotionally eating until it's brought to our attention. Um, and then it becomes clear and it makes a lot of sense. And so you know, this is a pretty deep topic. Um, food in general and our relationship with food can feel challenging sometimes. Um, we always wonder, am I eating the right things for my body? Am I eating the right amount of food? Am I eating when I'm supposed to? Am I feeding my family well? Are my kids going to be okay? <laughs> am I making nutritious enough meals? Are there things I should be eating and shouldn't be eating, right? We ask ourselves so many questions about food. We also live really busy lifestyles where we're on the go a lot. And so we're trying to eat on the go, trying to eat quicker meals um, and maybe not spending as much time on home cooking, right? A lot of us are ordering out a lot. So if you relate to this, um, I'm excited about this conversation so that we can learn to, you know, tune in a little bit and communicate with the body when it comes to eating and deciding how we're going to fuel ourselves and, you know, really listening into what it is that we truly need so we can stop worrying so much, stop panicking, stop asking ourselves so many questions every day about food and instead feel really confident and feel really good that we are eating the right things and we are making the right choices because we're so tuned in to our body's needs and our, the needs of our overall health, that we know that we're making the right choices for us in that moment. So we're never going to be perfect. I say this all the time. Perfect is not the goal. Our health is not ever going to hit an endpoint. Health is a journey. It's a vehicle. Okay. It's not a destination. So Right now, just accept where you're at. That's the first step. And be kind to yourself as you're listening into this so that you can, um, you know, acknowledge kind of like what Gloria was talking about last week, right? Witness and acknowledge um, without judgment. So this is not a space for judgment. This is not a space to beat yourself up. It's just an opportunity to, you know, learn some new tools 
and maybe become a little bit more aware of how you're making the choices that you're making when it comes to what you put in your body. And then also how you take care of yourself overall with your health. Because remember, our health is more than just the food that's on our plate. Our health is um, made up of spirituality, of relationships, of social life, of creativity, home cooking, our home environment, um, our career, our finances, um, our connection to ourselves. And, you know, there's so many layers to our health, our, our physical fitness, besides just like what food is on your plate, right? So when we're talking about emotional eating, um, you know, a lot of times we experience cravings, right? And we can experience cravings for a number of reasons. So probably everyone who's listening has experienced food cravings. So the human body has evolved to know that food is a readily available source of comfort, okay? And sometimes we'll crave specific foods to maintain balance. Now, sometimes our cravings are actually from like uh, our body trying to reach balance like chemically, right? Where we're like, okay, my body knows that it needs iron or my body knows right now that my blood sugar is really low, right? So we'll get signals from our body and then we'll get these cravings and then we'll be like, oh, I'm craving this. I must need it, right? I don't eat a lot of meat, but there are some times where I crave red meat or a steak or, or fish and I allow myself to have that and I just you know, obviously like wild caught fish, grass fed beef. If you can purchase your animal products from a regenerative farm, that would be awesome. Um, or local farmer's market, but you know, um, eating responsibly, but like giving yourself what you're craving and you know, that's a big part of intuitive eating. Um, but our cravings can be misleading if we're not eating a clean diet, right? So if we're eating a lot of foods that are inflammatory or addictive, if we're eating a lot of sugar, a lot of processed foods, right? Like the, the standard American diet, which is abbreviated as SAD, which makes sense, right? It's, it's the SAD diet. It really is. But lots of processed foods, lots of sugar, lots of artificial ingredients. If, if you're eating a lot of that stuff, your cravings, are not accurate. You're going to be misinformed because the chemicals in that food, the artificial dyes and sweeteners and all that in those products are actually making you crave more of those things. Um, it's kind of like drugs, right? Have you ever heard that sugar is more addictive? It's like 10 times more addictive than cocaine. So if you're not eating a clean, anti-inflammatory, whole food focused diet, um, and you're eating a lot of boxed and processed foods and soda and all of that fast food, your cravings probably aren't super accurate. And they might be more based on addiction to certain chemicals in the foods that you're eating um, or, you know, addiction to the way some of those foods make you feel, right? Things with a lot of sugar probably give you that high kind of like cocaine, right? Kind of like drugs. And then that becomes addicting, that feeling. Um, but we know that that's not good for us in the long run. Um, that's why obesity and type 2 diabetes and Alzheimer's are all on the rise. It's all diet and lifestyle related disease and illness. So I just went on a long spiel about that. Coming back to um, cravings. So notice that word comfort, right? Food is um, a readily available source of comfort. So we get cravings so that we can be comfortable, whether that's our body informing us we're missing something or 
if we are wanting to eat because it brings us comfort. So there's different um, foods that we might have grown up eating, right? And if when you were a child, your grandma always brought like a certain meal to your house or you, your mom always fed you a certain thing after school. Sometimes we have cravings for those types of foods because they're comfort foods, right? Have you guys ever wondered why people call it comfort food? It makes your belly really full. It's usually warm. Comfort foods oftentimes have, are high in carbs and high in fat. And it's like, gives you that feeling kind of sleepy and like, um, you know, sometimes it's a food that reminds you of something, right? So if you always ate it when you were a child, if you're stressed, if you're feeling bad, if you're going through a breakup, if you're having a hard time at work, um, if you're having anxiety, like sometimes we crave these certain foods that our body doesn't actually need for fuel, but we're craving them because they remind us of a certain time in our life where we were comfortable, where we felt safe. Okay. So, um, you know, it just becomes challenging when people get caught in a cycle of overeating and obsessing. Um, and then what happens is we punish ourselves over our eating habits. So, Sometimes it's okay to have cravings and to dive into that craving. And like I said, we don't have to be perfect. It's okay to um, go for the comfort food, right? It doesn't mean that you can't ever eat those comfort foods or that you can't ever eat something with sugar and fat and all of that, right? But what happens is when we're caught in a cycle of overeating, when we get caught in a cycle of doing this all the time and using food to bring us comfort, then, um, you know, we're in that trap of emotional eating where instead of actually making um, like educated, I guess, decisions about what we're eating based on what we know is good for us and our communication with our own body, um, we're pressing that aside and allowing um, whatever emotionally is coming up for us to drive our eating habits. And when you do that over a long period of time, then you're in trouble, right? Then sometimes um, you'll be unhealthy and then you also feel bad, right? Um, a lot of people start punishing themselves for their eating habits when they're emotionally eating um, because it's like, Emotions are temporary, right? It's kind of like weather. When those emotions roll in, um, it's kind of like a storm or clouds in the sky or a rain shower, right? It's like it's only going to be in the sky for a moment until it blows over. And when it blows over, the sky clears. That's kind of how it is for us too. When those emotions blow over and we're able to come back to clarity or a more balanced and understanding state, a lot of times we'll feel bad or feel guilty about the emotional eating. Um, so one way to know if you're emotionally eating is that you're eating when you're not hungry and you're turning to food. And we just have to remember that that doesn't solve our problem, right? There's a deeper rooted issue from the core of us, right? No drink or no food has control over you. We actually have something in the core of us that is unsatisfied, right? Or we have a problem that is unsolved. Um, and we're using food sometimes a temporary soothe the discomfort of that feeling of those emotions. And like I said, that often leads to more shame and more guilt around the eating. And it's just this awful cyclical cycle, right? It's just this awful cyclical thing where we just over and over um, are overeating 
and then feeling bad and then getting emotional and then overeating, then feeling bad. And it's like, and then the feeling bad, the guilt and the shame that we put on ourselves from what we ate then brings us back to the beginning of the cycle, right? Of being emotional, of feeling bad. And then we eat more because we're, we're trying to solve our problem by temporary soothing the discomfort, right? With, by using foods that we know make us feel comfortable or make us feel good. Or if they're high in sugar, right? Then we feel all like buzzed up from that. Or, um, Maybe we use drugs or alcohol, right? Same thing. Um, or numbing, uh, where you're using things to numb, um, the feelings that we're having. And then what happens is when we come out of that, we feel bad and then we start all over again. So my goal is to help you get out of the cycle or to help you at least recognize it and think about it. And what I love to preach is judgment free, no shame, no stories, right? So the more we shame and guilt ourselves, the more shame and guilt we're going to experience, right? So we have to really work that out of our system, give ourselves forgiveness, give ourselves love, give ourselves space. So what's really helpful is to learn how to communicate with your body, communicate with your body. Emotional eating is just a symptom of another problem, right? Sensitive people who are struggling with processing their emotions, um, oftentimes, or their emotional reactions um, to the internal, to the external world, whatever it is. Maybe it's something happening outside of you. Maybe it's something that's deep in your core or or trauma, right? Something that's within you. Um, We we really want to focus in on flipping our perception from shame to really trying to understand and appreciate our body and the signals that it's sending us. So what's happening is um, we have another problem. We're emotionally eating. And, and you know, I'm a sensitive person. I get it. Okay, I feel this. Like sometimes when we're overly sensitive and we're stuck in that whirlwind and that storm of emotion, it just feels like so real, right? Whatever anxiety or or emotion, deep emotion that we're facing in that moment, whether it's in or outside of us, um, it helps to sit down and slow down before going for the food, before doing the emotional eating thing, before doing the binge eating thing, before all of that, to slow down, take a deep breath, and allow yourself to flip your perception. Get away from the shame and guilt and come into understanding and appreciation. Your body is speaking to you every single moment of every single day. Our bodies are built so brilliantly. So every day we get signals, we get messages from our body. Oftentimes they're quiet, they're whispers, they're nudges. And when we ignore those, then eventually our body starts to talk louder and then it starts to shout and then it starts to scream. And then at that point we're facing severe disease or illness um, or discomfort or, or hospitalized or, you know, whatever. So we want to start listening when our body's giving us nudges and whispers, which requires us to slow down and think and breathe before just making choices or, you know, relying on our patterning that we've been relying on. So what I love to help my clients do is build a toolbox and have strategies to help translate the body's messages, right? Because you're like, if you've never sat and 
really gotten quiet or spent time being still and listen to your body. Um, you know, if you've been spending years just ignoring what your body's telling you, aches and pains, PMS, um, <clears throat> being overweight, um, skin rashes, acne, uh, joint pain, bloating, gas, um, digestive issues, constipation, depression, anxiety. I mean, the list goes on. These are all signs and signals that your body is sending you saying, hey, there's something else that I need, right? Or something that you're giving me is not working for me. It's not proper fuel for what I'm trying to do to keep you healthy. So first of all, knowing what you're even looking for, and then just knowing like that something's a little off and paying attention to those whispers and nudges so that you can learn and have the tools to translate the body's messages and go, oh, this means I need to slow down. Oh, when this happens, right? Headaches. Headaches is a huge one for people. Headaches and migraines. Sometimes that's a chance for you to go, oh, my body's actually telling me to slow down, to drink more water. And maybe I need to eat a nutritious meal. Maybe I haven't eaten enough food today. Maybe I'm actually hungry. Oh my God, now that I'm sitting down and I'm thinking about this, my stomach is literally growling. Oh, I forgot that the last, the only thing I did today was drink coffee in the morning and it's 3 p.m. and I haven't eaten anything, right? And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, and then we can fuel ourselves and get what we actually need. Sometimes we'll have a headache and we'll just pop a couple Advil and keep the day moving, right? And it's like, did you really listen? Did you really translate the message from your body and listen to what your body actually needed? You don't have an Advil deficiency. You're probably dehydrated or you need a meal or your blood sugar is low or maybe you're lacking sleep and what you really need is a nap, right? So if you're feeling really sluggish, that's another sign, right? Um, and a lot of times we'll go and we'll eat sugar when we're tired, sugar and fat. We'll go to that comfort food, right? Because we're tired. We will go eat, drink way too much caffeine, right? And we know that overconsumption of caffeine is not so great for our liver. And, um, you know, then you'll drink like all this caffeine and or or an energy drink full of sugar and artificial dyes and ingredients and all of that junk and stuff that's bad for your heart. And you just covered up the thing, right? You just covered up what was actually the, the message your body was actually trying to tell you, which is I need eight or nine hours of sleep every night. I can't function like this. So you're not missing an energy drink. You're not, you don't need another Starbucks. You don't need to pop a couple Advil or Tylenol. What you probably need is a nap. What you probably need is to go to bed earlier, right? What you probably need is to eliminate stress from your life. What you probably need is to drink more water, right? So we can start to actually translate the messages to do healthy, happy, supportive things for our body versus covering it up with something else, aka emotional eating slash drinking, right? Or substance abuse. So we can also find new ways to handle our feelings, right? So when emotions coming up, when you're overwhelmed with feelings, if you're an overly sensitive person, can you give yourself a little bit more space, right? Maybe you need to slow down in the morning and establish a morning routine, right? I have another show about that. You can scroll back and find it and listen in. Maybe it's about, um, setting healthy boundaries with people from work or with your partner or with your children, right? 
Uh, I have another show about that. You can listen to that, right? So sometimes it's about other things. It's about learning how to handle and manage your feelings. That is going to help you with your eating habits and with your emotional eating. We have to remember that food is not our enemy. Food is our fuel. Food is amazing. When we look down on our plate, we should go, wow, I'm so grateful to get to put this in my beautiful body and um, use this food to help me function, to help me um, have energy and vibrancy all day. Um, Remember when Lindsay Dannons, um, my friend was on the show and we were talking all about nutrition and, and she was talking about like, what's on your plate and what are you eating? And does it make you excited to do life that day? So food is not our enemy. We don't have to have shame and guilt around food. And this took me a long time to learn because I wasn't always fueling my body with the foods that it was really craving, really asking for, really needing for optimal health and function. Um, I was doing a lot of emotional eating or I didn't have as much education. I didn't know what was right for my body and I didn't spend as much time actually listening to my body. I spend more time listening to my body now than I ever have. And it's allowed me to make choices that are actually better for me um, where I don't have to experience that shame and guilt around food. And instead I really look at food as a way to help me out as a way to, to like give me life, right? Vitality. Um, So we just want to give ourselves the opportunity to rewire, right? To slow down and actually understand our relationship with food. You could journal on this. You can ask yourself questions. You can ask yourself um, also where you learned about food. Kind of like the episode last week with Gloria where we were talking about money and our relationship to money. You can do that same brainstorming with food. What is your relationship to food? And where did you learn that, right? A lot of times we learn these things from our primary figures. People eat differently depending on where they grew up, right? Did you live in the city or did you live somewhere where you had 10 acres and a farm, right? You're going to eat differently. Um, Was food readily available to you where you grew up? Was fresh fruit and vegetables available to you? Or were you eating more, you know, um, potatoes and meat and you know stuff like that so it it, you're going to eat differently people are going to eat differently but depending on where they live geographically um what income bracket they were raised in right um who their parents are their ethnicity their religion there's so many things that decide how we eat right but understanding your personal relationship with food and knowing that it's going to be different than other people's relationship with food is so important so that way you can acknowledge and come out of that space of judgment, come out of that space of shame. And like I said earlier, understanding and appreciation. Then when we're able to become more mindful, right, we're becoming more aware, then we can appropriately deal with our cravings and our habit of emotional eating. So recognize emotional eating as a journey you guys just like our health i said earlier is a journey like this is not something that just overnight or just after listening to this podcast you're going to be like okay i'm good i i get it and i don't have to emotionally eat anymore right because remember those emotions show up and that's your reality in that moment right it feels very real and so we just want to give ourselves a chance to slow down and choose progress over perfection i always always preach this progress 
over perfection. When things are going really well, it's easy to stick to a healthy diet and a food plan and not emotionally eating and feeling our body and listening in, right? It's easy to rely on the tools that we have. But when we're feeling intense emotion, when we're feeling really sad or depressed, when we're angry um, or whatever we're experiencing, right? Whether it's from external or internal factors, it's normal to be overwhelmed by those feelings and those emotions. If they feel so real in that moment, like sometimes it can feel like the world is ending, right? And those are the moments when we resort to food and when we go to emotional eating. So the more we can give ourselves grace and patience on this journey, and the more we can understand our relationship with food and become more mindful to the communication with our body, um, the more we can get out of that habit of resorting to food. And instead, no matter whether the skies are stormy or the skies are blue, um, we can rely on the actual tools that we have versus, um, you know, relying on just emotionally eating to cover up the feelings that we're having. So what else can we do besides emotionally eat, right? Because if you're like, okay, you don't want me to eat, but then how do I soothe myself? So being able to soothe yourself and knowing tools for self-soothing and self-regulation is so important. That's something I've been really working on for the last couple years, even with my coach. And what I love to talk about is a circle of life. So every time that I have a new client, we go over the circle of life. There are so many pieces that make up your overall health, which I mentioned at the beginning of, um, this chat, right? There's so many pieces um, that make up our overall health. It's not just food. And so what happens is when I look at this circle of life with my clients, they can actually see what cravings they're having, spaces where they need more satisfaction um, that don't even have to do with food, like beyond food, right? So cravings aren't always just food, but a lot of times we'll put it on food. But what we might be missing is like, sometimes you need a hug. Sometimes you need intimacy or sex. Sometimes you need um, someone to talk to. Sometimes you need a more supportive career. Sometimes you're stressed about money. Sometimes um, you might actually be really dissatisfied in the areas of spirituality or creativity. And what would really help you is to dive into those spaces, right? So when we start to look at these other areas of our health, it actually helps us realize that there are like 12 other possible areas to be dissatisfied in besides hunger, right? And then you go, oh, am I actually hungry, right? And then you're like, wait, I'm not actually hungry, right? You always know if you're actually hungry because you would like eat an apple. Like if you were actually hungry, you would eat something healthy. If it's a craving, it's oftentimes something very specific. You're, you're not open to eating anything because you could look at something else healthy and be like, I'm not hungry at all. In that case, you know it's emotional eating, right? You're not actually hungry. Actual hunger, you will be hungry. You will be open to eating a variety of healthy foods. When you're dissatisfied and you have cravings that come up, oftentimes the emotional eating is very specific. You're craving a specific food. You only want that thing. And a lot of times it's sugar, it's carbs, it's fats, right? Lots of fat, fat and sugar. So look at these other areas of your life and you can start to ask yourself, where else may I be dissatisfied? 
right? And this is great for helping with with anything that we do that's out of alignment, right? So emotional eating is a self-sabotage behavior. It's out of alignment with your best version of yourself or who you really want to be, right? It's probably not in alignment with your health goals, right? We also use other things, right? Anything we do that's out of alignment with who we want to be um, is, is a self-sabotage behavior and could lead us back to this circle of life and go, where am I dissatisfied that's making me do or not making you that that's that's having me choose to do this to fill the gap, right? So um that could be substance abuse, it could be alcohol, it can be overeating, it could be watching porn, right? So there's a number of things we'll do that are out of alignment with our actual health and wellness goals um, or our actual goals of like who we want to be and our best version of ourselves. Um, and, and we can ask ourselves, why am I doing those things? Why am I having those cravings? And then we can look at our life in the big picture and realize that maybe there's something lacking in our relationship, right? Maybe there's something lacking in our career or our, our creativity, right? And we're dissatisfied in those areas. And that's what's actually happening versus needing food, okay? So learn to engage with your emotions, experience your feelings, like, try to jump into a place of, of problem solving mode versus like just grabbing for the food and going for that like pattern of just always using food to solve the issue. Can you stop? Can you slow down and engage with what's really happening for you? Um, so that way you can identify like where in your body do I feel these emotions? What is actually coming up for me? Um, my coach oftentimes has me even close my eyes and and feel where in my body I might be feeling something. And then I she has me even give it a sound. So she'll say, what sound is it making? And I'm on the phone like, or or whatever the sound is, you know, like literally it's so ridiculous, but it helps so much to be like, this is where in my body I'm feeling something. This is the sound it has. And it just helps you like engage with your emotions instead of suppressing them or pushing them down. And then you can really begin to unravel, um, you know, the web of your thoughts and feelings that you're trapped in that's causing you to emotionally eat or use food for comfort. So Going forward, you guys, like focus on self-love, focus on positive thinking, focus on your health being a vehicle, not a destination, okay? Focus on getting rid of shame and guilt by finding positivity, by finding acceptance, okay? Um, By being self-approving, right? We weren't always conditioned to love ourselves, to be self-approving. And so can you start to find radical self-acceptance and and kindness in your own heart for yourself so that you can get rid of shame, get rid of being in that guilt spiral and come to a place of better understanding what you actually need for your body. Um, I want to empower you guys to you know, kind of rewrap as many times a day as you need to and re reparent and retrain yourself around emotional eating and around loving yourself. Okay. We t- I talk about this all the time, like self-love, self-care, self-love, self-care, but it comes with like slowing down and taking the time to do these things. Um, and then anytime that you have cravings, um, moving forward, I challenge you guys to really check in and ask yourself, 
is this food that I'm eating or the way that I'm eating or the amount of food that I'm eating, is this food something that someone who loves themselves would eat? Is this food something that's making me excited about life? Is this food making me feel vibrant and energized? And if the answer is no, then you could step back and ask yourself, where in my body am I feeling this emotion? You could ask yourself, it has a sound. Um, You can ask yourself, where else may I be dissatisfied that I could bring myself comfort? If having a glass of wine after dinner every evening brings you comfort and takes takes the edge off, right, in quotes, um, you know, can you explore why do you have an edge, right? Is it your career? Is it a lack of boundaries? Um, Are you overextending yourself? Do you need to take breaks? Um, Can you get better sleep? Like maybe you're just tired, right? Um, Can you prioritize moments of self-care? Maybe instead of drinking a glass of wine because it takes the edge off, maybe you can take an Epsom salt bath with oils and drink a detox tea, right? So there are so many other healthy options where you would look and go, ooh, the person who really loves themselves is going to take the bath and drink the tea, right? And then you can go, that's what I'm going to do to show myself self-love today, right? We're building that relationship constantly with ourselves. So I hope these tips and tools are helpful for you guys. I'm excited to hear about your journeys. No shame, no stories. Um, DM me if you have any questions or need support. You can find me on Instagram at Bryn Moves, just like the podcast title. And again, thank you so much for all of your support and always sharing my show. Um, I really appreciate all of you for listening in and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. You're tuned in to Bryn Moves, the podcast.